Hello, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, The Global Agora. My name is Andrei Matišák, and I work as the Deputy Head of Foreign Desk in Slovak Davy Pravda, which, by the way, means truth, and it's not Russian Pravda. What happens if Belarus dictator Alexander Lukashenko dies? I talked to the opposition leader, Svetlana Tsikhanovskaya, and she has a plan. She fights for her country, as his husband Sergei is imprisoned by the regime. We also discussed the dangers of the Russian nuclear weapons in Belarus, Ukraine, and how she works hard to keep Belarus on the agenda. Our debate took place at the annual Globsa conference in Bratislava. Listen to our conversation. If you enjoy what I do, please support me on coffee. For the link, see also a description of this episode. And now, up to the new debate. I may start uh, with Alexander Lukashenko. There are some persistent rumors about his well-being and how he is. Do you have any info? Do you even care? Of course we do care, because his uh, disappearance, actually he disappeared for five days, and we see how immediately Versus civil society galvanized again this discussion. What to do? What are our plans? What we are ready for? Just started to coordinate with the, all the initiatives, organizations, you know, what we are ready to do. And it threatened Lukashenko actually. And he, in five or six days, he appeared for 15 minutes, you know, to show that I'm here. We actually don't know his diagnosis, but we see how he looks like. We see how he speaks, you know, it's, uh, he's... For sure, he's not healthy. Yeah, but, you know, as people in Belarus are joking, despite all the attempts of doctors, Lukashenko survived. That's a good one. Yeah. So, of course, you know, we checked if we have plan. We understand that there might be many scenarios of development of the situation. Depends a lot uh, on which sta- stage the war will be in Ukraine because a lot, of course, depends on the state of Kremlin if they will be weak or strong. Because for sure, in the day when Lukashenko disappears, flies away or there or wherever he disappears, there will be people, the regime, who will be put on his place. Our constitution doesn't have clear answer what to do in case Lukashenko can't fulfill his duties. Uh, also, we realize that Russia, they will be also, I suppose, ready to send somebody. But any of these scenarios will not solve political crisis in Belarus. And there are some people who will not accept any person who will be put by somebody. So uh, that's why at the moment when it happens, we will start immediately communicate to people in the regime who are pro-democratically oriented. There are many people there. People are ready. We have planned victory. Plan Peramova, we call it. So we will see. We sh- because, for example, we realize that uh, while there are thousands of uh, Russian military in Belarus, it will be, again, maybe difficult to water the streets because people will be killed. So do you think that Russian forces play some role if Lukashenko would be out of the picture? What do you think Russia will do? Everything may happen. Again, if uh, Russia w- want to put somebody pro-Russian, you know, in Belarus, it will be turbulence among the regime, pro-regime people, because they don't want any other person, you know, for, from Russia. Because still, uh, despite that regime is there, in regime, in the Miklatura, there are a lot of people, majority actually, people who, for whom independence of Belarus 
is a great value. They don't want to lose this and they understand the consequences of putting somebody through Russia. We already see absorption of Belarus, creeping occupation of Belarus. And it will be a difficult moment, but it will be a moment of opportunities, of course. At this moment, we will need all the support of uh, our democratic partners, allies. And also, we have noticed that, you know, this rumor started to spread, and we realized that uh, among our allies, there is no clear strategy what to do. And now we are working on the draft of possible actions, what will be needed in in, uh, that particular moment. I will come back to this. I will ask you about it. But maybe one more question about Lukashenko. How would you describe his current relationship with Russian President Vladimir Putin? Now they are interdependent. Lukashenko needs Putin as economic and political backup. He knows that without him, he wouldn't survive back in 2020, and he has to be loyal. He's only a lie at the moment. For Putin, Lukashenko is needed because it's uh, the most pro-Russian person in Belarus. It's a person who provides all the necessary facilities, equipment, territory for Russian military needs, uh, let's say so. And uh, it's like symbiotic friendship. They use each other at the moment. The friendship always, so-called friendship, always was strange. There were times when Lukashenko was very, like, was against Russia, for example. Then they became friends. You know, sometimes I hear that, oh, uh, Putin pushes on Lukashenko, Lukashenko is resisted. It's not so. You know, Lukashenko, as I said, is the most pro-Soviet Union or pro-Russian person in, in Belarus. Mm-hmm. Lukashenko himself allowed Putin to occupy Belarus in military sphere, in economic, in media, in cultural sphere. So you feel like your country is occupied by Russia? It's like hybrid occupation, yeah. It's not like evident, you know, with alliance, alliance of dictator, the dictator who acts against people's will. People are against the war, people are against deployment of nuclear weapons, people are against the regime. But Lukashenko, you know, with the help of Putin and the violence, you know, he manages to be in power at the moment. And now uh, Lukashenko allows Putin to deploy a nuclear weapon. What it means for Belarus? Putin is anchoring his presence in our country for many, many years. Because even after changes, it will be difficult, you know, to get rid of this weapon in one day. Lukashenko knows that Belarusian people survived Chernobyl disaster. We know what it means. And now he tries to persuade Belarusians that nuclear weapon in Belarus is like umbrella. It will protect us from our enemies. Uh, and our enemies who now? Ukraine, Poland, Lithuania, all the democratic countries are our enemies. Uh, but it's uh, it really makes our country a target. You said that there are people within the regime who are pro-democratically orientated, or at least they don't want to see Russia totally swallow your country. Do you know how do they react to the fact that Russia is deploying nukes on the territory of Belarus? There are people inside regime who are providing us some inside information. It's not People are extremely scared in Belarus, you have to imagine, especially people inside the regime. They know what regime can do with their families, with themselves. They are like ordinary technocrats, you know, who are working with regime because they can walk. They will be easily walk in democratic structures, but they want changes. They see that Belarus cannot be more with Russia in units, in alliances, because Russia's threats, you know, not only to Ukraine, but also, of course, to Belarus. 
but they can't do this openly. They can't do this. Though we, as in credit forces, we're constantly trying to communicate through media, think about your future. It's your country as well. Your children will live, you know, after, you know, in this country. Just imagine consequences of the question of this decision. You know, people, anyway, you have to think at home, discuss in the kitchens, you know, in secrecy. But it's also influenced way of thinking of people. Because, you know, just maybe for democratic countries, it's... Uh, difficult to imagine how people in dictatorship live, especially in the countries of post-Soviet Union countries. Uh, for 28 years, 29 already, Lukashenko was persuading people that Russia is our only ally. Nobody is waiting for you in Europe. And people, you know, step by step, you know, got used to this idea that Russia is our like big brother or big sister, older brother, and so on and so forth. Now we are just looking back, understanding that there was never clear signals from Europe that we are waiting for you, Belarus, that you are part of our family. Like, left Belarus for Russia, you are in sphere of influence of Russia, so we are not just uh, do what you want, you know, in your country. But people in Belarus, like, also have been changing. You know, new generation came who haven't lived in the Soviet Union, they haven't had this nostalgia. In a society is changing and Lukashenko dragging our country back into the past. Maybe you have seen this case when uh, Lukashenko invited Takayev. Yes, so come to our alliance, you will have nuclear weapon and <laughs> Takayev, like, trolling, troll. Let's say that we at this moment would receive a news that Lukashenko passed away. What would you do as the first? We open our list of names. We have these names of pro-democratic oriented people in the nomenclature and start calling. We need solve political crisis. If you change Koshanko with anybody, it will not solve the problems in our country. Because people will not accept anybody, only friendly elections. So we'll start to, communi to communicate. Immediately, also, we will start to mobilize people. We will communicate with all the organizations' initiatives. We have strategy. But strategy is strategy. Plan on concrete actions depends on many circumstances. We will see what will be behavior of Russia also depends when it happens, in, in what position Kremlin will be. Counter-attack of Ukraine, we are waiting, you know. So will Kremlin have strength to send, I don't know, additional troops to Belarus or not? Many, many issues. We will mobilize people in Belarus, mobilize our activity in exile. So we'll see if there is opportunity. We'll see that this moment, this vacuum is comfortable for us, I don't know, to return to Belarus. We will see this opportunity, so we will do this. But again, if maybe at this very moment, you know, some people who would like to seize power of Lukashenko, being afraid that now the credit forces, you know, will explode, appear again, they will uh, increase uh, repressions, for example, to calm down people, who knows? Will the person who would like to be after Lukashenko military person, which is a person from the nomenclature, still insist on the peaceful decision of person. Are those like two groups, military and nomenclature? Look, yes, military people who participated in crimes against Belarusians since 2020, they realized that after changes, they will be pro to accountability. And of course, they uh, wouldn't like, you know, democratic changes come to our country because they are responsible. They justice should prevail in Belarus. And ordinary, like the Minkotula, who haven't directly participated in repressions, so they, they might be person, you know, who would like to solve political crises and uh, communicate with us, and we will launch a new friendly elections, you know, 
course, there's, as I said, the third side, Russia, what will be uh, its position with it. But do you also have some contacts within the military? Back in 2020, one of our disadvantages of our revolution was that we didn't have this person who can communicate with military people. We didn't have structures. We didn't prepare this revolution. It was from us. But for these three years, we managed to build structures. We have United Transitional Cabinet. And one representative is representative on military affairs and defense. It's ex-colonel, and uh, he is highly respected, and he knows how to communicate. He has all contacts of all the highly ranked officials. Maybe at this at one particular moment, some of them will communicate, some of them not. Again, it depends if people participated or not participated in, in crimes. So this is his task, you know, to work with the military field. What do you expect from the democratic countries like mine, if Lukashenko is gone? You mentioned that you are drafting some plan. What does it mean? So first of all, we need to understand that our partners will not be fooled again by regime. For that their policy towards Belarus will be consistent, you know, just if one person will replace Lukashenko, they will not accept his exchanges in Belarus. Only free and fair elections in our country will solve political crisis. So they will not recognize any changes, you know, in Belarus. In case uh, of uh, Russian attempts to fully absorb Belarus, you know, through Putin, a Russian person, our partners have to be ready to adopt tough sanctions on Russia and on the regime. There are still many ways how to do our financial system, close our borders for woods, not for people's project, and of SWIFT system. Just there are still leverages. We have to work out also on Ukraine's position because their voice is extremely important at the moment. But I think that Ukrainians say, realize that with Lukashenko there is no future for friendship between our countries because Lukashenko betrayed not only Belarus since he betrayed Ukrainians. And I really hope that uh, Ukrainian government is not ready to have any deals, you know, with dictator. So pressure attempts, you know, to be our, to be, for example, OSCE should be ready to send observers for free and fair elections. You know, who knows? They, they should be ready. Or to be mediators in a dialogue between provincial people, Plateau people, and imprinted forces. But this consistency and uh, unity are extremely important. Like Europe and the USA and Canada, you know, powerful countries have to be guarantors of independence of Belarus, in particular moment to follow history. I think actually a lot of countries now are waiting for uh, outcome of the win for victory of Ukraine, actually. Yeah, fingers crossed, because I think it will also, it would also help your cause, I think, if Ukraine is victorious and uh, Russia is weakened and maybe Putin is gone, maybe then also it will be easier yeah. for you. Yeah, easier, but, uh, you know, we are not just sitting and waiting when Ukrainians will be, and, you know, we, are, we can't give high marks or billions of euros to Ukraine because we are people without country, actually, at the moment, without government. Uh, but we help uh, as much as we can. We, are, we have so-called people's uh, intelligence in Belarus. They are providing us information what's going on if they say any movements. Our partisans or cyber partisans working very hard. And uh, our major volunteers in Ukraine. And we on political level trying to get assistance to people, to our regiment in Ukraine. Also, uh, advocating for all the possible assistance to Ukraine. 
just give Ukraine all the necessary weapons they need because Ukrainians are fighting not for themselves. They are fighting for all of us, and we have to realize this. You know, we are fighting for, for three years already, and uh, you know the, the feeling that you might be forgotten or you might be abandoned and you don't have possibility to win this fight alone, it's really, like, you know, frightens me. Are you afraid that Belarus might be in one moment forgotten? You have to work hard, you know, to be on the agenda. Especially, you know, when back in the 24th of February, we became, you know, from a country where heroes, you know, fighting for democracy, we became collaborants and so co-aggressors. It took us rather a while time to explain that Lukashenko uh, and Belarus and people different things, especially to Ukrainians. We were absolutely sure that the Ukrainians following our political uh, crisis in Belarus, but we discovered not. So people lived with their troubles with the, their lives. But now our relationship are, goes much better. And our people in uh, different countries are working with Ukrainian diasporas, you know, just going for rallies, fundraising for Ukrainian victims, for Ukrainian army. Simultaneously, I'm Belarusian, and uh, I realized that we, you know, also have so many challenges. Being with Ukrainians, you know, with my heart, I have to think about political prisoners, about families, about ruined NGOs and media in Belarus. And uh, as much as I can be, be the voice of people and to fulfill my duty. So I will do this. Shatlana, your husband, Sergei, was imprisoned by the Lukashenko's regime. May I ask, can you contact him? Is it possible? Actually, you know what uh, now the regime is doing now? Um, they are keeping a lot of, how to say, the most prominent political f- figures in the communicator mode. For example, five lawyers of my husband for these three years have been deprived of license. The next one for three months is not allowed, can't have access to Sergei. The same about Babarika, you know, he was in hospital. Since then, we don't have any news at all. Recently, we got, not we, just just some people, uh, what a letter from Alice Belyatskin, the Peace Prize winner. Three months, no news at last. Uh, and the letter is very sad. You know, I guess he's a very strong person, but he's in very poor condition. On the example of uh, Belarus, we see how organizations, international organizations, whose duty is actually to solve these humanitarian problems, you know, they are incapable. Red Cross, we are asking them, demand access to political prisoners. There is a list of people with cancer, with uh, heart attacks, with diabetes, who have, have to be released, you know, under no conditions, and they're not allowed. So maybe they demand that, or maybe the structures are not uh, effective enough. It is difficult, but, uh, you know, we have uh, in our United Transitional Cabinet, we have a woman who is working on humanitarian track. She herself ex political prisoner, and uh, she gives example as political prisoner have been released in other dictatorship. Yes, but usually when something like that happens, regime asks for something in return, for some favors. So, as much as I would like to see all political prisoners in Belarus being released, this could be a problem. But of course, I'm just saying that it's up to you to decide, not up to me. Because we don't want to trade with political prisoners. It means that uh, there is not enough pressure because with dictatorships, it's what work with them, it's only pressure. 
political pressure, economic pressure, but several packages of sanctions had, had been imposed. They can't work because so many loopholes are left. It's a problem of Europe, actually. Yeah, so. unfortunately, also in Europe, we have some countries, namely Hungary, which is all the time trying to somehow weaken those measures. Unfortunately, we saw that. And so. this is this is what regimes want. They want to split. You know, this joint strategy on Belarus that Lukashenko has not recognized. You are not working with you. And the Hungarian, I suppose, uh, Minister of Affairs, if I'm not mistaken, went to Belarus. This was another episode of my podcast, The Global Agora. Subscribe, listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on the other platforms. If you enjoy what I do, please support me on Coffee. For the link, see also the description of this episode. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. Music